All right, hey everybody, welcome to the Sophisticated Markets Podcast, coming to you live from Advertising Week Europe. Uh, I am very excited to be here. This is um, Thursday. This is day three or four. What day is it? I'm not really sure, but it's, it's day four. Day four, and I have a very special guest today, uh, Cedric Chambez. Did I, say, did I get that correct? That's correct. Hi, Jason. And Cedric is from Microsoft. Uh, what is your exact title? I'm the marketing director in Europe. Marketing director of Europe. Uh, excellent. Well, uh, welcome to the program today. And Cedric, uh, we have quite a bit to talk about today, and we are actually performing this live in front of a an audience here. Um, so... There's the nerves there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll no pressure. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm just going to dive right in with you um, because it's the end of the day and uh, uh, we got a lot to get through here. So um, let's talk about, first of all, I want to dive into uh, something that I'm very passionate about and that's uh, that's search, right? So um, what uh, can you give, can you walk us through what the future of search looks like for marketers or just, I guess, not just for marketers, but what does the future of search look like? Sure. First of all, uh, search itself is something that has come to the fore in the last 10 years, right? It surfaced in the 90s as we needed to navigate the web of documents. Millions of pages being created by the second. You needed a gateway because your your bookmarks were not enough. Um, But what we have seen more recently is the fact that the internet is not just a web of documents anymore. It's a web of people. It's a web of things. It's a web of places. And so you still need to navigate that realm of possibilities and you still need to have a gateway. Uh, If we think about the evolution of that gateway, is an experience that has drastically evolved from what was in the past 10 blue links on a white background to something that is a lot more personal, something that is almost uh, more uh, predictive, and more importantly, something that is more pervasive. Um, more personal because you, me, may be searching for the same thing with the same words, but because we are on a mobile phone or we are in the middle of London, that might be a slightly different intent. And so the algorithm behind the search engine should pick up on those nuances and provide you with the answer that you're searching for rather than the information that I've been searching for. It needs to be pervasive because it needs to be on your mobile phone, on your PC. If you are in front of your TV and you've got your Xbox plugged in and you say, okay, Xbox, I'd like to watch this movie. It needs to be there and it needs to work. So your expectations are also very high because of that personalization, but also you want all those devices to uh, to deliver that result. And then the predictive thing is something that is quite interesting and that's the fruit of the right of AI that we may talk about later on. As we try to understand as, an, as a search engine, what's your intent when you say a few words in a search box? We've developed some capabilities to better understand who, what you actually mean. You know, when you type uh, the word um, Chicago in a search box, what do you mean? Do you mean Chicago the city? Do you mean Chicago the band? Do you mean Chicago the musical? And you might be the same person using that same word, and yet you've got very different intent when you use that same word. So we need to be able to predict what you're after based on the series of signals, whether that's your own personal signals or the signals of the, the wisdom of the crowd. What are people searching for right now? That makes even more sense, give you a different sense to that specific word. And ultimately, trying to predict what you will want next, because the best search engine is the search engine that is able to anticipate your need and give you the answer before you have to ask for it. And this is all powered by uh, artificial intelligence, which is a huge, huge topic here at at Advertising Week Europe. Um, And I think uh, some folks, I've seen it, these terms, uh, artificial intelligence comes up is one of the hottest topics here, but also uh, I've seen machine learning come up as well. Mm -hmm. And obviously, uh, these two 
are in the same realm, but uh, what's the difference? Because I've seen people use them interchangeably, and I've, I've seen people say, well, no, you can't use them interchangeably. What's, wh wh what, sure. what's the definition of uh, how these two work together? So maybe the, fir the first element to think about is, the f is that artificial intelligence might have been the buzzword this week and have been in the press for the last year or so, and yet this is much older than, than that. It's, uh, it's a corpus of work that is probably 30-year-old, um, and it's a corpus of work that is built on three building blocks, which include machine learning, mm -hmm. but it's not limited to machine learning. It's also uh, data science and uh, human learning. And so if I were to, to make an analogy between those three building blocks and what it takes to raise a child, um, the machine learning is, is the foundational learnings that your child will gather by you know, talking to their parents, talking to their teachers, reading books. The machine learning is creating is identifying those connections between known entities whilst the data science is drilling into huge amount of data and now that we've got the, the technical capabilities to process that amount of data is looking at big databases and trying to find new connections that we were n not aware of before and here again as as you know as you think about um, uh, raising children you know, they will suddenly discover that, you know, you know, if they are behaving in school, they might see a present delivered by Santa. That's probably not something that a child will know when they are born. So they will need to acquire that, that knowledge. And so creating, using data science to mine in huge amount of data to identify connections, new connections. And finally, I was mentioning human learning, which is something that people so often overlooked. But to make the same analogy with the kids, you know, a kid will understand that very rapidly, if they shout and cry, they'll get your attention. But as a parent, you will want to make sure that your kid understand that this is not an appropriate way to normally communicate with others. And so machine learning is that course correction that human can do through the machine learning uh, in order to make it more uh, smart. Uh, more human in a certain way and so have a deeper connection between what the AI is delivering and the uh, person that is triggering the, the request. Interesting. I, I never thought about the human element of that and uh, I, I keep thinking of my child Penelope who's two and I think she's being programmed by uh, Paw Patrol, Peppa Pig and In the Night Garden which have you seen In the Night Garden? Oh man. Certainly. That's, that's trouble. That's like but some Pink Floyd so stuff. So Im imagine she is watching that kind of programs on TV uh, and there is an AI that is suggesting new programs to her. What you would want as a father is to prevent that iteration in peace, Peppa Pigs, uh, Paw Patrol, to drift towards Power Rangers because that's probably too advanced for her. And so you want to retain that, uh, that control to ensure that there is no digressions and that would drift the machine learning towards something that is inappropriate. And I certainly do limit the, uh, the amount of television she's exposed to. I promise you that. Uh, but at the same time, in the night garden, it seems like it's going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's a whole other story. Um, so that leads me to um, the rise of the chatbot. And this is a really interesting topic for marketers because uh, as a marketer myself, uh, I'm not sure I understand exactly what a chatbot is. So can you just lay it on the line and tell me uh, what's, what is a chatbot in its simplest terms? Okay, so when, when you think about the, the expectation that we've got towards AI to be more predictive and to be more personal, the way we talk to each other right now is through a very natural language. We have been 
for the last 15, 20 years, forced to talk to computers with commands and not natural language. Now, the chatbot paradigm that is uh, on the rise today is simply a new way to engage with the web. Right? We had, as I said, the paradigm of the web pages first, then we have the paradigm of the, of the mobile apps. The chatbot is your next generation of interfaces of how to consume information. And this, uh, this new paradigm relies on a few uh, cognitive services like uh, natural language processing, uh, speech recognition, to enable an interaction that is much more um, natural. Um, and so that is for us the future of the engagement. Uh, I think Gartner was publishing a, a, a research recently saying by 2020, 30% of, uh, of the web browsing will be without a screen. And so you need to be able to express and browse the web in the, with different user experiences, which includes the voice interaction. A chatbot in, in itself is the ability for you to call an agent, an artificial agent, that will uh, an artificial intelligent agent that will be pulling the information from the web on your behalf by understanding the intent and then rendering it to you in the in an appropriate way so the current state of uh, of chatbot might be very basic it might be just a an interface that reads the uh, the faqs that uh, you've got on the website the challenge for the artificial intelligence here is to understand your intent because if you are if you're on the website reading an FAQ you will go you will scroll down yeah. with the chatbot your expectations are much greater you will want to ask a question and you will want to use natural languages you don't want to use command control to be able to have access to the FAQ number 77 and so the artificial intelligence needs to process your your input process the query, understand what is the intent beyond your question, and then find the right answer and deliver it to you in a consumable way. So that's the, the basic of the premise today. So we were talking about this just before we started the, the podcast here, and, and I think of a, uh, uh, the, the chatbot as just the little thing that pops up uh, when I've been hovering over a website for too long and then asking me if I need help. Uh, and and uh, my question to you is, do you think we're, we're selling this short by calling it a chatbot because it seems like it's evolving into so much more? And, and it reminds me of the, uh, the story of when my wife asked me to go to uh, a marketing conference, a technology conference, and she told me that uh, Bon Jovi was playing. And then I get to the conference, and it was John Bon Jovi solo, which is terrible. Right? If you've heard Young Guns 2, the soundtrack, you know what I'm talking about. But my point is, uh, the John Bon Jovi's solo career is kind of like the chatbot, while it seems like Bon Jovi in the arena playing all the hits is the potential of John Bon Jovi. So uh, is, is chatbot going to change sometime in the future? Are we going to call it something cooler than chatbot? Because I think we're discounting the potential with, with the name there. Well, another buzzword flo floating around is the term of meta-agent. Does that sound better for you? Middle agent? Meta agent. Meta agent. So, so they are those bots that are actually engaging with other bots on your behalf. So the thing about Cortana, Siri, they are called meta agent because they understand who you are, your preferences, and then they are able to transact, communicate with other bots on your behalf because of those preferences and this connection to your history. But I think you're right by saying that a, meta, uh, that a chatbot is just a little piece of kit that speaks to you. There's much more behind that because there is the artificial intelligence and cognitive services that are building 
the brain behind the the, the mouth, so to speak, yeah. that is speaking to you. Um, so I think we are underselling it, certainly. For us, we see actually Chatbot as, as a platform. Uh, we call that conversation as a platform. And if you see the, uh, the rise of platforms uh, like uh, WeChat in China, for instance, you know, they have taken over the, the traditional web browsing. Everything is happening on that platform because people are communicating beings and therefore they want to be in an environment where they can express, not just read text, they want to be able to exchange, to share ideas. And so if you're able to insert yourself in those conversations by providing at the right time the right information because you are called into the conversation, then it's brilliant. It's a little bit like this, uh, who wants to be a millionaire, I want to call a friend. If you want, uh, during the middle of our conversation, I need this piece of information, I'm going to call a bot that is going to reach out uh, to the database and the web to find the information for me. That's what the, the bot can do. Uh, it's absolutely fascinating. My mind is being blown. It's so beyond my marketing technology comprehension, i got to tell you. By the way, what's your favorite Bon Jovi song, Cedric? Do you have one? I, I go I go with one of that are live that Richie Sambora background scream gets quite, me every time. I quite like that one too, yeah, That's a good one. And you know, you know the other thing, like um, not to go on a tangent here but there's always that everybody in a Bon Jovi video always seems to be looking out the window of a tour bus pondering the world mm -hmm. right? they, they don't do that much anymore well but, uh, <laughs> since I've lost my hair I think I've given up on that also <laughs> <laughs> so um, as we talk about uh, as we talk about like we've talked about some pretty heavy-duty topics and two of the biggest topics here at Advertising Week Europe uh, AI machine learning uh, voice search personal assistance I saw we we're going into that uh, topic there a little bit. What, uh, what does the marketer need to know? What, what's in it for the marketer? Uh, what can they do today to take advantage of this? Uh, what do we need to do to prepare for this in the future? And, and how much do we really need to spend on this? Uh, how much time do we need to spend thinking about this now as a marketer? I, I think that's a very important question. Ultimately, the role of marketers is to trigger emotions yeah. and to, to turn those emotions into commercial intent and ultimately drive transaction. And if we are relying increasingly on artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence doesn't resonate very much with emotion, right? It's artificial. And yet artificial intelligence is produced by human and being that are feeling and thinking. So there should be a hint of emotion behind that. And so if we are marketing through AI or to AI, because ultimately you could have a situation where you need to uh, convince a bot that you've got the right product for the person that has called that bot in the conversation, then you need to understand how this entire realm is, uh, is unfolding. Um, I, I, see, I see three major takeaways. So I was saying in introduction, search and AI are becoming more personal, uh, more pervasive and more predictive. If you think about personal, you need to conceive your web experiences into something that is much more personal than they may be today. Uh, the cookie cutter approach of everybody gets the same experience is way beyond us. We are moving towards uh, marketing segmentation where the, uh, the universe is a universe of one. Mm -hmm. right? So that's You're talking true one-to-one -one marketing? True one-to-one -one person wow. marketing. The, in terms of, of prediction, I think the people are, need to think, excuse the pun, but they need to think outside the search box, right? The search box is providing so much data insight uh, that you can extrapolate and extract from that environment and use for doing work outside of search. Now, an example I could give you just to crystallize that idea, by looking at the search behaviors for a given band, 
and look at the geographical dispersion of that query volume, whether that's looking at people looking for videos or for uh, the profile or their, their social signals around a given artist. You can have a pretty good understanding of where there are fan bases. And therefore, if you are, um, if you are a promoter, Put them on tour. You can put them on tour, but also book the right size venue so that oh, your your artist is not standing in front of of a no, uh, of a half empty uh, stadium, or in the country uh, is singing in a very small confined space where there are three bus buses of, of fans <laughs> waiting outside, unable to enter the the premise, and so. We are plugging uh, at Microsoft that kind of, of uh, data set um, into business intelligence platform. And uh, we've got a tool called Cortana Intelligence that allows our enterprise company to pull information from the, um, from the search behaviors and apply that to their proprietary data and draw their own conclusion to predict business outcomes through search. And then the pervasiveness of, of search leads us to think about search beyond uh, the search box yeah. and beyond the last click, right? Uh, a lot of, uh, of people still think of search is the last click that will get to the transaction. That's, that has been uh, the case for a long time, but now we are seeing search taking a role throughout the customer decision uh, journey. And so whether that's when people are forming their opinion, when you are raising your awareness, when you are creating your consideration set, search has, is playing a role throughout. And so you need to think about your, your search strategy beyond just the last click conversion. You know, uh, I got to go back to your music example because I, as a uh, band member, I did, we did play a show in a small club and it was me, the band, our girlfriends and the bartender and the door guy. And that was it. Not one person showed up. I'm not kidding. We never played that show again. And that was early on in our career. We would blossom into something much better. Well, Wembley is waiting for you. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. So um, I, 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 I want to ask you a couple more things about uh, Advertising Week Europe. Uh, what's the coolest thing you've seen here? What's your biggest takeaway uh, from the week so far? It was quite interesting to see Al Gore uh, on stage this morning. Yeah. Um, I think the vice president of the United States, a former vice president of the USA, uh, sharing his view on our collective responsibility towards the, the subsequent ge uh, generations, our kids and the kids of our kids. Um, I think it was interesting to hear him say that, you know, there is a recognition probably all over the world, maybe in a few pockets of the world, there are still people that have not taken into consideration that global warming is a problem. Uh, we can solve uh, most of the problem. Now the question is, will we? Uh, and so this, uh, this uh, question of, will we have the determination to address the problem and roll up our sleeve and accept that we need to change our behaviors, that was quite fascinating. Uh, because it transcends the word of advertising, because yeah. it transcends us all. Um, but it, it's also, if you apply that to our own world, you know, the, the digital landscape is constantly evolving. We know that we can acquire new skills. We know that people are learning new ways. Now, will we accept those changes? How do we form the new generation of behaviors that will make us better marketers, better advertisers? Wow. 
um, that uh, the the world was buzzing, or the whole conference was buzzing around Al Gore this morning. So he knocked out of the park. Um, Cedric, how can uh, how can the listeners connect with you? How can they find you on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, of course? Exactly. So LinkedIn, my f- most favorite uh, social platform. Uh, otherwise, on Twitter, uh, Cedric Tus uh, at Cedric Tus, and we can share that uh, in the in the write up. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much, Cedric. Uh, mind-blowing stuff here uh really fascinating stuff and uh preparing the marketers for the future so fascinating thank you my friend thank you